It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Daily Thunder, and I am so saddened to say that you get me instead of Leslie. We just started out our new system where Leslie is going to be every Wednesday, and then the next thing you know, here's Eric. And that's because we are taking this week, and we all just felt it was imperative that we address the issues that are swirling about us as a nation and uh, addressing them in a spiritual mindset. In other words, how can we look at things Uh, from a Christian lens when a nation is crumbling uh, about us. And it's a deep weight, a deep burden for so many of us. And it's critical that we as believers know how to respond, not in accordance with the bad news of our day, but in accordance with the good news of the Word of God. And so on Monday's uh, episode, I went through, in a sense, a primary citizenship and nationality. What defines us? It's actually the kingdom of heaven, not the nation in which we live in this earth. And so if our nation itself turns hostile to God, we need to remember our primary citizenship is in heaven. On Tuesday, I went through the idea of a primary attitude. In other words, how do we define our attitude? Is it defined by the circumstances of this earth or is it defined by the atmosphere of heaven? And when you fix yourself to the atmosphere of heaven, you have laughter, you have rejoicing, you have singing, you have shouting, you have leaping. Always, in every circumstance, no matter if you're thrown into a prison cell, you can have that attitude. So today I'm dealing with the idea of primary authority. And so this one's called Control Over Kings. I actually sort of uh, like the, uh, the title. It's intriguing to me. And this is in the series that I'm going through, A Christian Response to a Crumbling America. So this is part three. Question, who's in charge down here? And it's, it's a good question. It's like Jesus was victorious at the cross, but why is it that he doesn't seem like he's in charge down here? It, it feels like, People of this earth are in charge. You have earthly kings, earthly princes. God, where are you? Who's in charge down here? What's the answer to that? So it's interesting. Proverbs 21.1 says it this way. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Well, that's a fascinating meditation to just have. You see, God actually has control over kings. He does. And why he allows for there to be a freedom and a liberty of movement in this world for people to make bad choices, to stand against him, is always mystifying to many of us when we study the sovereignty of God and we try and figure out, God, why would you allow these things? Why would you? At the same time, we need to remember something, and that is that God is over all. And so in every juncture of human history, we need to, as the church of Jesus Christ, hearken back to that fact. So when we pray, we recognize who we're praying to. We're praying to the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. So I'm going to give an illustration of this, and this is the word of Mimucan, uh, and this is, that's what I call it, but it's from the book of Esther. Right in the very beginning of the book of Esther, you're going to see a crisis that they're going to face. Now, the reason I'm showing you this is because many of you know the story of Esther, 
and there's going to be the great uh, threat to the Jewish people, and there's going to be the decree that Haman, the bad guy, is going to conspire to, uh, to have King Asuherus sign, and it's going to be for the obliteration, for the destruction of all Jews. It's a bad situation, right? And yet you could say, who's in control? Because it sure does look like Haman's getting away with his nonsense. I mean, he has all these lies, all this deceit, all this hatred. Oh, and he's getting away with it. Or is he? You see, this little story in the beginning, what I call the word of Mamukin, is showing you that God is directing the hearts of kings. And even before the crisis is going to come, he is putting things in place. So let's go through that. Esther 1, 13 through 21. Then the king said to the wise men who understood the times, for this was the king's manner toward all who knew law and justice, those closest to him being Karshena, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Maris, Marsena, and Mamukin, the seven princes of Persia and Media, who had access to the king's presence and who ranked highest in the kingdom. So we're dealing with kings and princes here. And this is a powerful little band. So King Asuherus has called his men together for a very specific reason, because he has a problem and he needs counsel. So here's his question. What shall we do to Queen Vashti? According to the law, because she did not obey the command of King Asuherus, brought to her by the eunuchs. And Mamukin answered before the king and princes. So this is Mamukin. Now Mamukin's answer is not motivated by godliness, righteousness, a desire to please God. It has a desire to protect his own position, to prosper his own position, and to expand his own agenda, which, by the way, is contrary to God's agenda. And yet, listen how God is going to direct this situation. So Mamukin answered before the kings and princes, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also the princes and all the people who are in all the provinces of King Asuherus. For the queen's behavior will become known to all women, so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes when they report. King Asuherus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. This very day the noble ladies of Persia and Media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen. Thus there will be an excessive contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered that Vashti shall come no more before King Asuherus and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Okay, now Mamukin is motivated, again, like I said earlier, by selfish ambition. This guy is not a good guy. His intent is not good. And yet his solution, ironically, is going to ultimately work for the salvation of the Jewish people. Think about that. Remember what God says? All that the many enemy means for evil is turned for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And so we see a very similar process taking place right here. So this is the conclusion to it. When the king's decree, which he will make, is proclaimed throughout all his empire, for it is great, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. That's what Mamukin is thinking. So hey, we're going to get some honor here. And the reply pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Mamukin. So the king is going to be pleased with the word of Mamukin, which, by the way, was not sponsored by God. This is not a godly idea. And yet the results of it are actually going to bring about godliness. Isn't that ironic? Or isn't that providence? Which is the term that has been used throughout history to describe the fact that God is in control. 
So Romans 8, 28, this is a scripture I was referencing earlier. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So we see in the book of uh, Genesis, when it's speaking of, Josh, of Joseph's story, when he's talking to his brothers, and you're going to see that that which is evil is converted. And you're going to see the same concept here, that all things work together. That means good things and bad things are all working together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 is a reminder for all of us. We need to remember that our God is over kings. So here we are, Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. May God give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So a quick you know, refresher for all of us. Jesus is seated on high. He's at the right hand of God Almighty, which means all authority and all power has been given to him because the right hand of God is a symbol of control, power, authority, dominion. And so Jesus has received this inheritance and it says that all things are beneath his feet. There is not one name that is named that is higher than his. And so as a result, I could make, mention some names. And there's some powerful names in the earth today, and every single one is going to come under his feet. You see, he is over all. Psalm 121, 1. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Good question. Where does your help come from? Because right now, many of us are looking to circumstances in the natural realm to supply us with a sense of hope. Is there any hope? Is there any hope for the, this nation in which we live that we could still be a bastion of uh, missionary preparedness to send into all the world the light of the gospel? Is there any hope for this? How about our economy? Is there any hope for this? How about our health? I mean, we have, I mean, just a breakdown in every single side of things. In the midst of all of this pandemic, we have a meltdown of our governmental system, our morality. I mean, well, what world do we live in? And yet, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? We need to lift our eyes up from this lower region into a higher one where our help does come from. So a couple of quizzes for you. Where does my help come from? Where does your help come from? So I'll give you a couple of choices. Capitol Hill or the Hill of Calvary? That's a good question, isn't it? If you're looking to Capitol Hill for your help, actually you're misplacing it. You need to recognize that your, your help comes from the Hill of Calvary. What am I being protected from? The coronavirus? Is that the big thing that we are being protected from? Jesus is always working at a much higher level than we think. Or are we being protected from the ravaging effects of sin? You see, there's something far greater, more malevolent out there that we are protected from. You see, God is so, more, such, so much more powerful than what we are seeing in the natural. What am I being protected from? Economic ruin or from soul ruin? Let's just remember the bigness of the gospel. It's not just saving us in a financial sense. It's saving us in an eternal sense. How am I helped? So many of us, you know, we have the... 
the C CDC guidelines for how we can maintain our health. And you know, one of the things is washing your hands. You, know, you need to make sure you wash it in hot water for at least 20 seconds. So by washing my hands or by washing the washing of my heart? You see, washing your hands will give you a superficial cleanliness, a superficial preservation from that which is coming against you. But you have the shed blood of Jesus, which is a washing of your heart so that it's whiter than snow, so that you are preserved in the midst of all hostilities in the Psalm 91 fashion, that though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, it shall not come near you. Psalm 2, 1 through 4. Now remember where Jesus is seated? He's seated at the right hand of majesty. You see, it's not that that's a new space for him. That's where he came from. He came there, but this time he brought us with him. And that's the grandeur of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is He didn't have to do what he did, but he did it because he loved us. And he came to this earth and rescued us. And what has he done? He's lifted us up with him. Well, let's take a glance at what he's doing up there. So why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's Christos in the Greek. That's Messiah. That's Jesus. So, oh no, the kings of the earth are setting themselves and the rulers are taking counsel together against God and Jesus. Oh no, this is terrible. What, what does it say? See, it says that these kings and rulers are saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. It does sound like our modern day, doesn't it? And then it says, he who sits in the heavens, do you know who sits in the heavens? Jesus sits in the heavens. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He's higher, guys. All things are beneath his feet. He controls the kings. Let us freshly remember the grandeur of our God in the midst of this season when the enemy is gloating and boasting. May we see God's purposes established. O oh Lord Jesus, come. We set ourselves in your hands as the church of Jesus Christ and declare that we trust you to win the day. Our faith and our confidence is not in men. It is in you. May the God of the impossible come through and do the impossible now. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we ask this. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.